Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you like the video, be sure to give the video a like and subscribe to the channel. If you do not like the video, give it a thumbs down, but let us know your thoughts on the topic in the comment section below. And I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. What's up, Nate? Great to be here. Thanks for having me on as always. Always a pleasure having you. And today's episode is dedicated to the Zelda Sensei and Shamsa, both of whom generously donated a hundred dollars in support of the channel we thank you both for your support and shamsa's statement for this episode reads i really really can't wait for the episode and we hope that is a feeling shared by all listeners today as this episode we are going to talk about the nintendo switch online expansion pass which has caused quite a controversy among Nintendo fans and Switch owners due to its pricing, but perhaps the pricing is a indicator of things to come for the service, and that is something we are going to dive into in this episode. But first, support for Nate the Hate is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package absolutely changed the grooming game, along with their refined body wash to round out your hygiene routine. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their shower time routine by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code NATETHEHATE. That is one word, NATETHEHATE. Use it on manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping. And MVG, it is my understanding you have been using the performance package and the refined body wash. Nate, I love Manscaped. I got to tell you, as someone, as you get older, right? Hair starts to grow in places that you just don't even even consider. And the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer is something that I've been using over the last couple of weeks. Manscaped were very gracious to send me out one to, to try out for myself. And I'm really impressed with this thing. It is uh, waterproof. It runs at 9,000 RPM. It's got 360 degrees rotary dual blades. So you can really get that really nice grooming of the ears and nose area and it prevents any types of cuts or scratches or nicks or anything like that. So it's something that I absolutely love. And of course, you know, you can't just have the weed whacker. You also have to have the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer as the complement to that as well, which has the 4000K LED spotlight. It's a great thing for... Not only, you know, your balls, you can also use it in other parts of your body. For example, if you're a hairy man like I am, I love using the uh, the Lawnmower 4.0. And of course, there is the Refined Body Wash. And I've been using that in the shower over the last week or so. And I absolutely love it. I love the smell. The scent is fantastic. And it's all wrapped up neatly in this awesome package where you get the um, the case as well, which they throw in for you as well, the travel bag. And I love Manscaped. I'm a big fan of it. And uh, why don't you tell the folks more about what uh, Manscaped is offering the Nate the Hate show? Yes, get 20% off and free shipping with the code Nate the Hate at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Nate the Hate at manscaped.com. Keep your balls trimmed, fresh and clean with Manscaped. And now for today's topic, which is Nintendo Switch Online, which we mentioned, and Nintendo has fully detailed their pricing structure for the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass. 
which will cost an additional $30 a year to include N64 and Sega Genesis games to your current Nintendo Switch Online membership. Now, the pricing has certainly been a hot topic among many gamers because the NSO base price of $20 a year was felt by many to be, I'll call it a ripoff. When we were gaining access to this for free back at the, you know, within the first couple of years of the Switch, and Nintendo launched the service, they included NES and Super NES games and cloud saves for $20 a year, but they didn't include any of the basic online functionality that we find on other platforms, be it native voice chat, a messaging system. And I believe that NSO Base is it still has all the flaws that it had since its introduction three years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. It hasn't it hasn't advanced at all in, in any way, uh-huh. really, has it? I mean, and I think that was one of the reasons for my, I don't want to say outrage, like nothing outrages me, right? But like when, when this announcement was made, I was, I think sticker shock was probably the right word for me, you know? Uh-huh. Like, right. How could you charge this much money for this service um, with without really doing any work to the service to kind of justify that cost? So I, right. I just kind of felt like, whoa, you know, this is this is higher than what I anticipated. And I know um, I think you were closer to the mark where you said maybe it, it could be a $20 increase. Um, mm-hmm. But even that turned out to be lower than, than what they had, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think had Nintendo evolve the NSO base with some of those basic functionalities that were mentioned for $20 a year, I think maybe the $50 price tag would have been met with slightly warmer reception because going from $20 to $50 a year, even with the inclusion of N64 Genesis, it seems as though you're really not getting a huge return on the investment. Mm -hmm. And Nintendo did go out of their way and they provided that the upcoming Animal Crossing, I believe it is called the Happy Home Designer. I know that was like the 3DS or the phone version. And this is something similar in name. That DLC expansion is included with the expansion. And it's similar to Tetris 99. If your subscription lapses, you lose access to the expansion, but you can buy the expansion as a standalone for $25 and have access to it forever. And the $50 price tag, like to me, I do feel as though it is $10 higher than it should be. I don't feel as though it is outrageously overpriced to the point of being angry at Nintendo because my frustrations with Nintendo Switch Online come back to that base model Mm -hmm. where it's still just... You're paying for cloud saves, right? Yes, that's all we're paying for is cloud saves. Yeah. I wanted to see that expand in new ways. I wanted to see them expand Nintendo Switch Online, not with just other legacy platforms, but with functionality. And it seems as though Nintendo is not prioritizing functionality. They just want to set up a system and use it to provide legacy software to entice the Nintendo faithful to parting ways with money Mm -hmm. and subscribing to this network of services because we don't have any other ways to purchase Super NES, NES, or N64 games 
on the Nintendo eShop. This is the only means for us to play Ocarina of Time on our Switch. Yes, you can play Mario 64 on the Switch via the 3D All-Stars collection, but since that has been pulled from digital and retail shelves, this is the only pathway to gain access to this title. And like the greatest tribulation for me is still that base pricing and I want them to continue. I want them to expand that. Yeah. That's something that they really need to look to and say, we have to build on this because the expansion pass in principle, I think is a fine pathway for them to navigate. You're giving us new platforms, but you have to make the service itself better. And one of the points you have recently discussed when you got your OLED switch you hooked up the dock, which mm. now has a LAN adapter. Yep. And to your shock, plugging in an Ethernet cord didn't improve download or upload speeds Not at by all. any meaningful margin. Not at all. In fact, in some cases, it made it worse, um, <laughs> which, is, which is really surprising to me. And I think that was probably the biggest takeaway for me that, look, at the end of the day, Nintendo hasn't really done any server maintenance or any work on their infrastructure to improve it at all and i don't i don't know the count what's what was the last count of nso subscriptions that they have i believe the last publicly reported number was uh, let me try to find that uh well i mean why are you looking that up i mean my my point is with the money that the generated revenue that they've brought in from that service, granted, twenty dollars is not is not much money, and yes, you're you're paying for cloud saves. But my my biggest concern is they haven't spent any time to improve that service at a base level. They haven't, mm-hmm. and look, a lot of people you know listening to this will know what we're going to say, but they haven't included voice options. They haven't included messaging you know, kind of base social features that you would expect from something like Xbox Live. I mean, if you buy an Xbox and you don't even get Game Pass, you still mm-hmm. have basic social features. You can still message your friends. You can still voice chat with your friends. Um, now, obviously, when you pay money for Xbox Live Gold, you get, you know, party party features and more kind of premium features. But you would expect at least at a minimum to have those features enhanced. You'd also expect to see that they should invest money in their server infrastructure to make it um, a lot better. And that's mm-hmm. not the case. It's, you know, their their net code is um, it's peer-to-peer. You know, we've mentioned that before. There is no, there's no concept of kind of dedicated servers that, that you know, um, will manage these games. And a lot of the times, to be perfectly honest with you, the bigger games that have um, cross-play, they use dedicated servers that are outside of Nintendo themselves. So, you know, you talk about a game like Fortnite, for example, that's mm-hmm. that's being hosted elsewhere. Um, uh, if you play Quake on the uh, on the Switch, you can you can cross-play with your friends on other systems. There's voice chat in Turok too. There's voice chat in Quake, and that's because it's using uh, Microsoft Azure services to facilitate that stuff. It's not something that exp- uh, it's not something that Nintendo offers out of out of the box with their you know twenty dollar product. So my biggest criticism, including the network speeds, which I think are woefully slow for twenty twenty one, is that they haven't done anything to to bring this service up to where they they can 
ask for an extra $30 and not get so much backlash from, from the community at the end of the day. I looked up the numbers and these are as of September of 2020. So a year ago, there were 26 million Ooh. subscribers to Nintendo Switch Online. That's a lot. I said seven and that was just a guess. I mean, 26, that is a <laughs> lot of subscriptions that, that are collecting $20 a year. I mean, that's a lot of money that you could reinvest into that service and say, you know, we should we should build out some social features. We should build out some party features that that we can mm-hmm. that we can bring to this service. Set ourselves up for the future. You know, there's going to be right. another switch after this, right? Why not start investing that money now into what's next? It doesn't have to be something that you introduce on on this system. You know, give us an indication of, of what's coming, um, at least. And I think doing some things in the background, you know, adding adding um, a voice chat feature or adding a messaging feature, sure, that may not be something that's too exciting, you know, if it came out on a firmware update, but it at least shows us that Nintendo is listening and they're working on, on, on stuff. But mm-hmm. as it turns out, they haven't really done anything other than just bringing a new tier of, of product to the service that is, you know, behind an extra $30 at the end of the day. Right. And see, I think that's why I have, I'm more offended by the NSO base price for the reasons you mentioned. Yeah. When you have 26 million subscribers and you haven't improved your net code, your servers, whether there is a cap to the speed or not, this is something that Nintendo should be actively investigating and actively looking at and investing in to improve the overall experience for us, the consumer who mm-hmm. is paying to access the service, we know that Super NES and NES emulation did not cost them hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. Cloud saves is not costing them hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. The All of those variables are accounted for at the end of the day. Nintendo is making pure profit at this point. From those 26 million subscribers and that's a number that is a year outdated so this number could easily be over 30 million now yeah and yeah when you factor in that right it feels as though nintendo really just looked at this and said we're going to make it affordable to make it easier for the consumer to invest in it but this is really costing us nothing this is something that we had you know as i mentioned earlier we had access to this for free minus cloud saves and nes and super nes games so we had access to the online functionality for free for over a year and it didn't change once we started to pay for it that is a sign of a company who really has no vision yeah for online service and it it, it goes more than that it goes beyond that as well um the internet speeds i know i know it's something that i've talked about a lot Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you know, if we are truly moving to a digital age, a digital era where maybe, you know, we don't know, but what if the next round or next generation of systems are all digital, right? I mean, we're definitely going right. in that direction. If you've got the same network infrastructure on the next switch and you have substandard mm-hmm. download speeds, mm-hmm. I when I was setting up my OLED switch, I was downloading all my games again to that to that system. Because I was trying to make it my kind of my my home system, and Nate, it literally took all day. Like it, it took like eight hours to download everything back, 
And I've got pretty fast uh, internet here at home. And I can I can tell you that Xbox Live and, and PSN Plus, while sometimes PSN Plus is not the fastest in the world, I, I have, you know, have had issues with that as well. But they run rings around the download speeds that I'm getting on the Switch. Now, the counter to that may be, well, Switch games aren't as large. And yes, that's true. But if you've amassed a large digital li- library of games and you've got a new system and you want to get those games back onto a system, you're either you know transferring everything from your other Switch, which I, I've heard has a lot of issues in of itself, or you're basically just downloading the games off the eShop again. And let me tell you, it's not a fun experience to do that. And I think they have to come up with something better, you know, to for the next for the next generation. I mean, I'm I'm kind of willing to say, look, nothing's going to happen this time around because we're already five years into it. I don't feel like anything's going to any anything's going to change at this point. But they they must they must improve this going forward. I 100% agree with you on that. And yeah, a lot of Switch games aren't in a large file size as you mentioned. But I can look to a title like The Witcher Three. Triple A that games. is yeah that, yeah triple A game. It's just shy of thirty two gigabytes. Mm-hmm. On the Switch download speeds, that can take you a couple of hours. Yep. Now for comparison, earlier today, Forza Horizon Five updated on my Xbox Series X. Hundred because gigabytes, it is right. Yeah, it's hundred gigabytes. Yep. It took me fifty minutes over Wi Fi to download that game. Yep. I mean that's. That's something. Look, I'm not saying it should be that fast, but it should be a lot better than five hours for a 30 gigabyte download. <laughs> um, because yeah, I, I had a similar experience to you. I downloaded Final Fantasy 10 HD, which is a uh-huh. 28 gigabyte download, and it took me about five hours on my Switch. And I have fiber internet. There's there's no reason why I, I should be able to have to wait five hours to download a game that that's that right. size. And I mean, for comparison, that title, if you were to download it on your Xbox Series S, would likely take you 10 minutes. Probably. Yeah, around 10 minutes, I would say. Depending if over Wi-Fi or Ethernet. Yes. Yes. But the fact that the Switch OLED dock does have Ethernet now and you're still capped. That's the most most disappointing part of this because I felt like they've actively made some changes here. They've not only improved their server infrastructure on their end. They've also mm-hmm. um, made improvements on the hardware side to just mm-hmm. kind of open up the pipe a little so, you know, you can pull things down faster. And at the end of the day, it, it doesn't make a difference at all. I mean, it's still going to be better than, than Wi-Fi because there's going to be less latency and less jitter, but mm-hmm. the speeds are, themselves are very disappointing. Yes, and... If we weren't paying for the service, I could understand that. Because if it was free overall, I could say Nintendo's not going to invest to increase the server load. They're not going to uncap the speeds. But the fact that we are paying for it and where we have not seen the service evolve in that sense on a server end, I think the consumer has every right to be disappointed in that. Especially when you do see the Nintendo Switch expansion pass come to market where they are asking for an additional $30 and we can transition into the expansion pass aspect of the show right now. And as mentioned, it is $50 a year. And with it, you gain all of the NSO 
ACE, which would be Cloud Saves, NES, Super NES, and you gain access to the Animal Crossing Expansion DLC, Nintendo 64, and Sega Genesis games. On the surface, for $30 a year for that content, I will say it doesn't sound that bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not offended by that price for what is offered there, especially when you factor in things like Mario Kart 64 Online, Star Fox 64 Online, just the online functionality of titles. And I believe the Genesis games also get the online functionality of offered through NSO. So you'll be able to play titles like Streets of Rage yeah, online. Golden Axe I saw as well, I think. Was it yes. that one? Which is that was something I don't know if I just missed that when they announced it or if that was something they they kind of added after the fact, but that's that's pretty cool that they're adding it to some Genesis games as well. Yeah, especially, I mean, some of these games are like arcade classics or just local couch co-op classics. And, you know, we're older individuals now. We don't, we're not 10 years old where our friends come over for a sleepover and we're going to play Streets of Rage. So being able to play without a friend online is definitely a welcome feature. Now, the pricing of $30 a year has definitely been the hot topic. This is something you have spoken on that you're you're not really convinced about that price. No. Um, and it all goes back to the base base thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if they gave us something more than than just this, and whether that is and I, I look, I, I'm fair about this too, right? Like, you know, if they gave us something more, whether that is they improve the quality of the existing service or they added something more to the expansion online service, in other words, another system let's say, um, or even the addition of, let's say, another 10 N64 games, uh, you know, to make it 20. Just just give us something more to kind of make that, that $30 more appealing to just the average person um, would, I think, would be enough for me. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think they're too far away, but I just feel like nine games and, and look, let's be honest, the Genesis games is cool, right? But I mean, a lot of us already have the Sega Genesis collection on physical. A lot of us aren't even going to bother playing these games. I think a lot of people are just going to turn to N64 and, yes, play Mario Kart Online, Star Fox 64 Online. Both of those should do well and I think will get a lot of popularity. But mm-hmm. I think it's just not enough. You know, th- th- There's not enough content there to justify a $30 price increase at this time. Okay. See, like I, th- I feel as though a lot of the, a lot of individuals who had a problem with the pricing, it was once they grouped them together and said fifty dollars a year for what I'm getting. Where if you just viewed it as a thirty dollar upgrade, so let's use like a internet or even cable TV type comparison here. Mm-hmm. It costs you twenty dollars for your base service. Now you want to add HBO and Showtime. Well, that's going to be thirty dollars a year, right? As it stands right now, in terms of like original programming from N64 and Genesis, there's just not enough from those two that really entices you yeah. for the, we'll call it $15 each for each system. There's not enough there for you to justify exactly subscribing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like, it's like um, you know, you're getting two seasons of some hit TV show, but then the show's gone after that. that you, know, you know what I mean? Like, right. there's just not enough content there. Okay, to that's fair. I mean, obviously, this is subjective to 
every individual's view of how you perceive the value of Sega Genesis yeah. and N64. And the Genesis, as you mentioned, is definitely battling an uphill situation because Sega did release that Sega Genesis collection on Switch, where I believe it is 50 games and you can get it now for like 15 bucks. But there is a caveat with that. And one of it is a lot of the games that are being offered on the Sega Genesis NSO app mm-hmm. are third party. These are games that weren't offered in the Sega Genesis collection. And that is definitely one of the areas that is driving up. I want to say, I will say it's driving up the price because of licensing. They have to agree to terms from Konami, Capcom, any third party involved. And that also goes for the N64 games like Microsoft with Banjo-Kazooie is that the licensing fees do come in. And this is Nintendo. We know they're a very conservative company. If they're paying out money to these companies to get the games on the service, we're going to see that price reflected in the sticker price that we have to pay to access them. They're not going to give us anything out of the kindness of their heart. You're right. But here's my counter to that. Mm-hmm. Why why does it why does that cost get pushed back on to the customer? Why why wouldn't they just eat that cost? Because let's look at like let's compare it to something like Game Pass, right? Which right. I, it's probably not the best comparison, but Microsoft, you know, obviously is throwing a lot of money around to set Game Pass up as a pillar that they're planning on keeping around for a long, long time. It's going to be massive for them. It's it's very popular right now. But, you know, is it is it something that um, they want to start making money on from day one? No, they're going to lose money because they're going to be paying um, publishers, they're going to be paying developers, you know, to get their games onto Game Pass. They're going to be eating some of that cost initially. So why wouldn't Nintendo do a similar thing where they say, look, we don't, we don't want to push this cost onto our customers, but we'll, we'll recoup it on the back end. Um, you know, let's say we did charge... Twenty dollars or fifteen dollars, we're gonna um, we're gonna make that money back over time anyway. So why is it mm-hmm. important to Nintendo now to kind of recoup those those licensing deals that, that they spent money on? We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now I mean, if nintendo could potentially just be viewing it as we know what we've invested in nso in terms of n64 and genesis even like for the games that have yet to be announced. And they're looking at it as the base level at $20 is still there for the consumer who doesn't have interest in this. We're going to keep that service operational with new NES and Super NES games. We have to charge a premium price for the expansion pass because we still view N64 software as valuable. 
we know that there is value to be found in Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Mario 64, perhaps, you know, third parties with Winback, mm-hmm. an obscure Koei game. <laughs> Koei could have, you know, we don't know the type of money that these companies were asking for to be part of the service. Yeah. And it has been publicly stated by, I believe it was Emily Rogers on Twitter, that Sega asked for a lot of money for Genesis to be included. And one of the reasons for that is because the virtual console, Sega really didn't find that much success. So they weren't big believers in the virtual console concept. So when Nintendo comes knocking saying we'd like Genesis on Nintendo Switch Online, you now have to convince Sega that it is a worthwhile venture for them and you have to bring them a lot of money to convince them which obviously Nintendo did. And to your point of why should the consumer be slapped with this bill? I guess, you know, at the end of the day, Nintendo knows that sticker price. They know how many subscribers they need to the expansion pass to break even. Mm -hmm. And if I'm Nintendo, I'm probably raising the price to a level that our market research supports that consumers will subscribe to it. And that we only need, just for a number, let's say we need 50% of the 26 million people. We need 10 to 13 million people to, to subscribe to the expansion pass to make it profitable. They probably weighed all of these variables. And that's where they said, okay, this is doable. Market research suggests that we can get that amount of subscriptions at this price point. Yes, we could get more if we lowered the price, maybe to $40 instead. But obviously now our revenue is going to be lower. Our profit margin is going to be shrunk. So what works better for us? Why do you think Nintendo approached Sega to put Genesis games on the service in the first place, knowing that they would be hit with a... If you want our games, then we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna ask for a lot of money. What why why wouldn't they just walk from that deal? I mean, that is a great question. And the only thing I could figure is they wanted to add more variety to the NSO offerings, and Genesis was just the best fit. I mean, us as the consumer would have loved to see something like Dreamcast. Yeah. Because that's something that's not really on the market. It is always highly requested it's something that sega continues to ignore and it is beloved by its legion of fans the genesis it may maybe it's something to do with the generations of consoles as they bring them to the service it absolutely is it's a generational thing Mm -hmm. no doubt about it i mean i mean i think the dreamcast you're right would um and i'm look i'm i'm fanboying here nate but i'm I'm hopeful (laughs) that we will see dreamcast at on this service at some point. Um, oh, absolutely. And and if we did, then yes, I, I think that that price increase would be justified. Like I've always mm-hmm. said that it just needs something else. You know, what they have is fine, but it's not $30 fine. It just needs more. Um, now, if they gave us Dreamcast or if they gave us Sega Saturn, I mean, we know Sega Saturn games run on the Switch. Did a video on it last <laughs> week, so check that out if you haven't seen it already. Um <laughs> Yeah, there, there is there is the potential for other uh, other systems to run on this hardware, uh, and of course, you know, there's the um, the topic around Game Boy Color and Game Boy. Mm-hmm. You know, when will we see that? And 
if we see that, will that, well, let me rephrase it. When we see that come, will that be a part of the premium service or will that be as part of the base service? Because that's, that's an interesting question in itself as well. And I think that yes. will tell us how much Nintendo values the Game Boy mm-hmm. stuff at that point. Yeah, like with N64, I would say everyone was expecting that the subscription service would see an increase in price via, you know, a new tier or they just boosted the overall pricing structure of NSO as a whole. Luckily, they did go with a higher price tier and they give us the option of you don't want N64 and Genesis games. That's fine. $20 tier is still here for you. You don't need to upgrade. You still get the basic services. And if you ever do feel the need to go to the expansion pass, it's available to you for 30 additional dollars a year, but you can be secure and content with just the $20 a year base online service. With Game Boy and Game Boy Color, I mean, that is a, that's a tough one to really analyze in terms of placement. With NES and Super NES games seemingly trickling to a much slower pace, and the offerings being less than attractive, if I were Nintendo, I would put Game Boy, at least just the Game Boy, right on the base, and then maybe Game Boy Color on the expansion pass. Yeah, that, just that, that might work. I could see that. Maybe split them, right? Just so you give each one its own addition. Mm-hmm. You still give the NSO base subscriber something new and something to look forward to. And you add an extra spice to the expansion pass users. Now, if Nintendo really wanted to, and maybe it is something that they are exploring internally, is that the Game Boy and N64 did have an accessory called the transfer pack. Yep. This wasn't utilized by too many games, but the big game that used it was Pokemon Stadium. You got to take your Pokemon Blue, Red, Yellow, put your Pokemon roster into your N64 and you got to play them in 3D for the first time. Now, if Nintendo was able to bring that type of feature to NSO, I think it would excite a lot of people. And that's where you would probably want to introduce Game Boy and Game Boy Color is right alongside the introduction of that type of feature set. That way you can bring forth the Pokemon games from the Game Boy and Who knows if the Pokemon company would ever allow that, but that would be a pretty hyped announcement. And you could position it as means to get people to upgrade to the expansion pass if you put Pokemon Red and Blue on the $20 base subscription, but then Pokemon Yellow was on the expansion pass. Now you want to play Pokemon Stadium. You want to play Pokemon Stadium online. Mm Mm-hmm. You got to upgrade, right? If you want to transfer that team you've been working on in the game, and I mean that's how these corporations work. They use this trickery, yeah. Where it's we gave you this game, but you know you want to do this, and it's like, well, do I really? It's only thirty dollars a year. I think I'm going to do it, and you did it for one game. Yeah, I mean that, that that's definitely a way to hook people onto the service. <laughs> you know, there's no doubt about it, and I think. Look, I think the potential is there for Nintendo to offer some really good stuff, and and hopefully they will. 
But I have I have another question for you. Um, if you were a shareholder, and you may be a shareholder of Nintendo, but if you're at the shareholders meeting, would you be asking the question about the thirty dollar pricing or the the addition of the thirty dollars for the expanded um, online service? Do you think it's something that will come up that oh. shareholders will ask? You know, can you talk to us more about this and and why oh. you're charging thirty dollars for this, or do you think it's it's kind of just business as usual? If I were a shareholder, I would have a question for them about it. And actually, is a good segue into the next topic for this episode. I would ask Nintendo about the future of Nintendo Switch Online. Because as I view it right now, Nintendo Switch Online for $20 a year was the larva form. Mm -hmm. It has now evolved into its, I don't know, it's insect form, right. almost you know, like like a caterpillar type yeah. of form. Yeah, 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 yeah. The metamorphosis. The yeah, it's on. Under, it's undergoing a metamorphosis, and it's not in its final stage yet. But that's what the expansion is. It's showing that it is growing. And if I were Nintendo, and I wish this is something that they would have done during their briefing on Nintendo Switch Online last week, is when they mentioned that Animal Crossing DLC expansion is part of your subscription fee, I would have ended that with and more to come. Mm -hmm. Let the consumer know or function under the idea that upcoming titles coming from Nintendo will have DLC passes featured in Nintendo Switch Online. So when Splatoon 3 comes to market, if you're subscribed to Nintendo Switch Online, which you will have to be to play online, if you upgrade your service with the expansion pack, you're going to get that expansion pass for Splatoon 3 free of charge. Or you have that secondary option of buying it standalone for 25 additional dollars. But had they informed the consumer and relayed that information to us, I think the pricing debate would have been a little more muted. Yeah, and that brings up an interesting question. So. Obviously, there's the the emulation stuff, and then there's the DLC stuff. Where do you think Nintendo puts more stock into? I mean, maybe right now it's going to be all about the N sixty four, you know. Um, but it sounds like maybe over time they're going to focus more on the DLC side of the house. Do you think that's a fair thing to say? Yes. I think they made that intent fairly clear with the inclusion of Animal Crossing's expansion. I think the future of Nintendo Switch Online as a service is using it as a subscription base, mm-hmm. is, to, is to have you subscribe and give you DLC subscriptions as part of your membership. And we don't know the exact percentages of how these expansion passes have worked for Nintendo in the past. We don't know what Splatoon 2's expansion sold. Right. We don't know how the Breath of the Wild expansion pass sold as a standalone product. We can assume they have each done well considering the game's overall sales. But now if you can lock in, let's say even 60% of that consumer base with a Nintendo Switch Online subscription, that's probably a higher percentage than what you're going to see as a standalone purchase. Mm-hmm. And with yeah. Animal Crossing, I think that title makes sense to introduce this type of business model 
because Animal Crossing has sold upwards of 33 million copies worldwide. You know that we have at least 26 million Nintendo Switch Online subscriptions, and a surge of those subscriptions came after the launch of Animal Crossing. Right. And I think, see, that's that's a good point. One of the one of the things that I had read on the internet the day that the announcement was made and then Twitter was kind of just going crazy was that, you know, they needed to justify the $30 and they decided to throw an Animal Crossing at the end of it to sweeten it. I disagree. I think it's the other way around. I feel like Animal Crossing was always a part of that service. I think DLC was always what it's the main focus of of the premium service was. Mm-hmm. And I think the addition of N64 and Genesis and potentially other systems is what will they were looking for to, you know, to sweeten the deal. You know what I mean? Like I, I think right. like you're right. I think this is going to become more of a focus on DLC, um, you know, going forward. I think the uh-huh. the inclusion of additional systems via em- emulation is really cool. But I mean, don't be surprised if all we see is N sixty four and Genesis, you know, for a, a, another year or so. Yeah, I I think that is going to be their focus moving forward is to get people to subscribe so they gain access to these expansion passes because. Expansion passes are always a tough sell when it comes to certain games. Like we know that next month Nintendo's going to have the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity expansion pass. Now, that's not something I will be purchasing. This is an expansion pass that came out a year after the base game. I have fallen off the game. What mm-hmm. they have shown really isn't enticing me enough to purchase it as a standalone product. But let's just say all of a sudden in March of 2022, they say that's included with the expansion pass. Well, I'm subscribed to that. I will gladly give that DLC a look now because in the mind of the consumer, even though I am paying for it with an eternal rental of $50 a year, that sounds better than a one-time purchase of 25 bucks. Right. And that's the type of marketing that we see Sony and Microsoft also use with PlayStation Plus and even Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass. It's that Microsoft can come out and say Xbox Game Pass costs $120 a year. That's only the cost of two brand new games. But with Game Pass for the year, you get access to dozens. Mm-hmm. You don't own them. You do have the option of owning them. So that's where like I saw a lot of people comparing Nintendo Switch the expansion pass to game pass. And that is a horrible, very unfair. And, and the only reason why I brought it up was just to, to really kind right. of illustrate the amount of money Microsoft right. has been losing, you know, on that mm-hmm. service initially in order to gain a foothold, you know, in, in that right. space versus Correct. Nintendo, you know, not really budging on <laughs> licensing costs and, and trying to recoup it as quickly as they can, which, yes. Hey, it's a Nintendo. They have $50 billion in the bank. They're not one of the world's richest companies for nothing. You know, they know how to make money. And like with Game Pass, I can always buy these games. If I choose, you know, if I like it with NSO, I can't buy Ocarina of Time. Right. It's it's forever part of the service until Nintendo decides or ever decides to change how they operate NSO moving forward. And that's where I think them shifting, maybe not into the public eye at the moment, but even but in the background, if they shift towards positioning NSO as a means of selling expansion passes for future games, 
they're going to find success with it because it's going to continue to increase in value. And Animal Crossing is the first step. The next step is very likely to be related to Splatoon 3 when that launches in the first half of 2022. But Nintendo has to be consistent with this. We can't wait Mm -hmm. six months for them to include a new expansion pass. We need to see slightly quicker turnaround to what I would say maybe even three months. Every three months, they have to be including a new expansion pass, even if it's for older games like Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, or even Splatoon 2. Continue to increase the value perception to the consumer so that they more willingly will upgrade the Nintendo Switch Online subscription tier. And by doing this, you can't just do this once is the problem. You can't just have Animal Crossing and say, well, we hope that this content keeps you engaged long enough that you keep that $50 subscription active. And that's why they have to add new games continually over the course of the next 12 months to keep you engaged. They likely will never include something like Smash Brothers for the very simple reason that third-party characters are something that Nintendo has to pay licensing fees to. Mm -hmm. So with like Sora, Square, and Disney get a cut. Right. So they're not going to include like the Smash Brothers DLC fighter passes in Nintendo Switch Online's expansion pass DLC offerings. It has to be more basic games like the games previously mentioned. And if Nintendo can embrace that type of trajectory for the pass, I think the consumer, like individuals like you who may not find value in it right now, but when they start to include games you've been playing, you might be more willing to hand over the $50 a year because now there's more value to it beyond just the N64 and Genesis games. Now there's access to DLC you may want for that big title. Like I was mentioning, you know, Splatoon 3 but maybe Breath of the Wild 2, maybe any other title that Nintendo has coming in 2022 and beyond, if they can create that sense of value and urgency from the consumer to subscribe to save money, and I say that in quotations, then the expansion pass shows that it's actually, it was priced at what it is for future-proofing. This way they can add Game Boy and Game Boy Color, future expansion passes, and all of a sudden, that $50 price tag doesn't seem all that offensive anymore. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, it, it, there's there's definitely potential there where they can really make it um, a very viable product for them. And it has a lot of different use cases for a lot of different people. You know, I don't really care about Animal Crossing DLC, but if they had, and I'm just throwing this out there, I'm not saying this will happen, but let's say they put all the... Uh, Age of Calamity DLC, um, right? right? Um, uh-huh. They they offer up all that, you know, and uh-huh. every every so often at a direct they announce new Age of Calamity DLC. If they did put that on the service, I'd be like, yeah, this may be worth my my time to take a look at this because hey, I'm going to be playing a bunch of really cool N64 games, so I may as well jump over here and look at this DLC that they have right. for for this game. So mm-hmm. I can definitely see the value there of that. But speaking of N64, Nate, i got to ask you this question. Are we going to see Goldeneye on this thing? Because Goldeneye would be, oh. take my money. Gold, it, it, yeah. I'd pay $50 for Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> I won't spend $50 for 10 games and Genesis games. I'll pay $50 just for Goldeneye. <laughs> I probably would pay $50 for Goldeneye. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this on Twitter and Spawncast and stuff about the challenges of GoldenEye. 
But you have to imagine that Microsoft may be willing to come to the table on this. And when we spoke about it in the past, we had mentioned that one of the obstacles has and always will be Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Now Nintendo has the service. Yeah, I mean, they're controlling this. They they control the game, how they curate it and how they present it to people. So this is perfect for them to bring back. It's really now up to whether Microsoft is, is on board with this and and um, potentially MGM, right, that they would still have right. to sign off on it. But, you know, Bond is pretty Man. hot right now. The new movie just came out, right? I'm not yeah. saying this is something that's coming out this year, but maybe there are discussions about bringing it out. Look, this is a long shot, and this is definitely in the I don't think it's going to happen <laughs> ever camp. But if there was ever a time to bring back GoldenEye, Nintendo has a big say in that, and having it on their own system, on their own service, that would be pretty big, you know? It would be huge. My only hesitation is if I'm Microsoft, what's in it for me to say yes beyond you giving me (laughs) the licensing fees of however many millions of dollars I ask for? I mean, Nintendo knows the appeal of GoldenEye. They know if they throw that on the service, they're going to get dozens of millions of people to subscribe to it overnight. If not buy a Switch just to play GoldenEye, especially online with friends, it's... One obstacle does seem to be removed from GoldenEye's return, but you still have Microsoft, MGM, sitting there and... Even though Nintendo and Microsoft have been friendly lately, I don't know if Microsoft would willingly say yes. I'd say we have greater odds of seeing Perfect Dark than we do Goldeneye. Yeah, and I think other rare games will eventually come, you know, and I don't know when that will be. Probably, you know, six, 12 months from now. It could be a while before we see more. We don't even know when Banjo-Kazooie is actually coming to the service. We just know right. it is planned. But I could see like Diddy Kong Racing, mm-hmm. uh, Perfect Dark would be another game that I, I could see, especially in lieu of GoldenEye, if that's not something that would ever happen. I could see DK64 come to the, come to the system at some point. Yeah, I could see any of the rare games that feature Nintendo characters will likely come to the service. Because if I'm Microsoft, what's my reason to block like Diddy Kong Racing? It only, right. Yes, it has Banjo and Conker in it, but that's not that big of a deal. We can approve that. Banjo-Tooie, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. We've already approved Banjo-Kazooie, so why not approve Tooie? Mm-hmm. Even the Killer Instinct games, we have them on the Xbox with Rare Replay. Right. So we're not really losing anything by granting Nintendo access to them to add to Nintendo Switch Online in the future. Other titles like Perfect Dark may be a bit of a, that might be a conversation because they are trying to bring Perfect Dark back yeah. with the new entry developed by, yep. uh, the initiative. The names. yes, the initiative. But at the same time, it's almost kind of free marketing. Like, hey, do you remember those memories we had as teenagers playing Perfect Dark on our N64? Like, right. Yeah, you could play them on the Switch. Oh, yeah, Microsoft has a new Perfect Dark coming out. Whoa. Yeah. So if I'm Microsoft, that's the type of marketing I'm going to try to utilize is you can have Perfect Dark and we're going to use it for marketing of our new game. And I'd say out of out of all the rare owned IP 
that were on Nintendo platforms. I think GoldenEye is probably the only one that is near zero. I would agree with you, Nate. Um, I'm I'm just trying to formulate a plan in my head where it would work, but <laughs> it, it's it's. I think it's one of those games that we'll probably never see again. See, sadly, like like the only way I could really see it work is. Oh man, I know so what Nintendo, you're going to say. I know Nintendo would say. have to approve <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, if Nintendo wanted to bring this back, right? <laughs> Um, maybe Microsoft comes back and says, "Sure, we're we're, we're all we're on board, but we want to we want to take that remake that we did back in two thousand and six, and we want to we want to make that happen again." But it, give I mean, us if a you're green an, light. If you're Nintendo, don't you feel as though you're getting the lesser yes, Goldeneye? Which is why I don't think this will will ever happen. <laughs> I I don't feel like they can come to an agreement on this. You know. I mean, if they want it to be, but at the same time, you have Banjo Kazooie has been HD'd on Xbox Live Arcade. Yep. And Nintendo's getting the standard N64 edition right. on Nintendo Switch Online. So you're getting the lesser version of Banjo Kazooie. Right. Essentially. I guess the big difference is, is that was a title that came to market years ago. Yeah. If and GoldenEye were to come to Xbox. Day and date with GoldenEye coming to NSO with the new HD visuals, online multiplayer. Right. Wouldn't you rather hand Microsoft your 15 bucks <laughs> yes. or your Game Pass yes. subscription and get it yeah. for get it on there than yeah. upgrade your Nintendo account? <laughs> yes, I would. I would absolutely. Um, and I, I think I think therein lies the, the the thing where there's really no good solution here where both parties walk away feeling great about the deal, you know? Because Not yeah, unless- Microsoft isn't just going to hand Nintendo the rights right. to use GoldenEye right. without wanting something in return. And I think whatever they want in return, they don't care about money. Like Nintendo could Correct. say, we'll write you a check for $10 million. And Microsoft's <laughs> going to laugh at that and say, great. And what else are you giving us? You know, Man. they're going to want something in return, um, which is as as important as as bringing goldeneye back um so i can't see it happening but i think i think the consolation prize i mean i think perfect dark is the better game honestly but we'll say the consolation prize in air quotes would be perfect dark in this scenario i think i think you're right i think they could coincide perfect dark on the nso expansion with the game um i'm not saying the game's Mm -hmm. coming out next year or anything but um you know there would be a lot of cool marketing around that, that, hey, Microsoft is indeed rebooting Perfect Dark. So you've played it on the Switch. Um, so now check out, you know, the game that we've got here. And I think that would be a really yeah. cool thing. It's the only other way I could see GoldenEye really happening is if they updated like Rare Replay. And added the, it. Yeah, they just added the N64 version of GoldenEye and they said it has cross-platform yeah. multiplayer. That would be bad. And like that's the only way I could see it, but I mean, Nintendo did get Sora in Smash Brothers, so yeah, GoldenEye is not a zero percent chance. Yeah, it's, it's greater than zero. <laughs> it's like but, a, it's like a three percent chance. <laughs> it's greater than zero, but still not good. Yeah, but I mean, I'd say I think Nintendo has paved an interesting 
road for the future of Nintendo Switch Online. And we're just at the starting point of it. And maybe they were a little aggressive with the $50 price tag in the immediate. If they laid out a roadmap and they said, we are going to add future expansion passes beyond Animal Crossing, they would have been able to alleviate a lot of that concern and worry about what the service is going to be. And hopefully in, let's say, three months, maybe six months, once we find out more information about Splatoon 3, that they are able to give us that information. Because if they do pivot into what we have discussed as an approach to Nintendo Switch Online, they have, I don't want to call it their Game Pass. No. Because it's far from that. Right. But they have a good application for delivering expansion content moving forward to the consumer. Because... One of my regrets is honestly buying the expansion pass for Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. I bought into we like, when it was announced, they really didn't give us all that much information as to what it was going to be content wise. But you were so hyped and high off Breath of the Wild. It was like, oh, OK, Nintendo, here's 20 bucks. I know you're not going to do me wrong. Right. I don't feel like I did. I was done right. Yeah. And. I've always told myself, don't buy DLC or expansion passes without knowing what you're actually getting. And it all stems back to Gears of War 2. I bought the expansion pass for new maps without knowing what the maps were going to be. And then a lot of the maps weren't that good. And I was kind of like, why did I do this? This was silly of me. So I would feel a little more at peace Mm -hmm. if it was just part of my subscription that I'm already aligned to yeah i mean i I think for me what i really want is nintendo to um not not just let this service just kind of hang out to dry like they've done with the Mm -hmm. base twenty dollars they actually do give it the respect and attention that it deserves continue to update it appropriately not you know i don't want to be talking about this nate like this time next year on the Nate the Hate show and we still have the the, the same nine and sixty-four games and the same Animal Crossing DLC. Oh, if God. we if if and maybe we should do a one year um you know retrospective <laughs> uh episode, you know, and and see how things have progressed. Hopefully hopefully things have progressed a lot and that's what I want to see. You know, if if Nintendo does yes. give it the attention and the respect that it deserves, then I could say sure. $30 is a lot of money, but okay, Nintendo, you've you've convinced me. You know, you've mm-hmm. you put a lot of stock and effort into this, so you, you can take my money. Uh, you know, it's all good. But if we're having the same conversation, you know, 12 months from now, nothing has changed. It's just Animal Crossing DLC, and maybe they've added, like, the second round of N64 games that we know were coming. We just don't know when. <laughs> I'm going to be a little little critical of, of the service but hopefully hopefully we don't we don't have to have that conversation yeah i mean i think a year from now we probably have we should have at least doubled if not near triple the n64 games probably a substantial helping of genesis games and ideally we have two or three additional expansion passes added to the service because as we mentioned by adding that type of content, especially the expansion passes, is that Nintendo can go for that gym membership approach yeah. of you don't want to lose access to these to this content. 
and you want to stay subscribed because you don't want to buy it standalone. And Animal Crossing, I never got my copy. It was in transit for six months before it was finally canceled or Tom Nook threw it out the plane. But <laughs> I don't know if the expansion content is going to be enough to keep people invested for like that duration of 12 months where something like Splatoon 3, because of the online nature, and especially if it includes like maps or weapons, you're going to want to make sure you're subscribed $50 a year so you don't lose access to that. And you don't want to run the risk of it lapsing and you losing it. So if Nintendo can't take that approach, it may not be the, you know, most pleasing approach to the consumer at the end of the day, once you realize you're giving them $50 for something that only costs 25. But once you throw on three, four or five expansion passes, that value really starts to add up to the consumer where you think you're getting the better end of it. And Nintendo knows, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. We're making a lot more doing this because more of you are subscribed than would have bought the standalone DLC. Right. So I think NSO's future is going to be an interesting thing to gauge. I think they could have done a better job maybe explaining their future intents with expansion passes to the service and if that is something that they want to explore going forward. But overall, I'm not too hurt by the $30 a year moving forward. I do think it's $10 higher than I would have liked them to really price it at. But at the end of the day, this is going to have millions of people subscribe to it. It's going to be very successful for Nintendo because you want to play Ocarina of Time or you want to play Mario Kart 64 online. This is the only way you can do so on your Switch. And Nintendo knows that and they know their consumers love those two games. And I'm sure they have some big new additions to announce in the next three to six months or we can hope hopefully this isn't a slow trickle like we've seen with super nes and nes games but we can go into some of the streamlab questions for this week but before we do i'd like to once again thank manscape for supporting this podcast and you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code NathaHate at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code NathaHate. One word, NathaHate at manscaped.com. And remember, keep your balls trimmed, fresh and clean with Manscaped. And you can find a link to Manscaped in our description below. And our first Streamlabs question of the week is from Jackie G, who donated $1 and writes, since Final Fantasy XIV and Walker is the final expansion for the game, do we think that Final Fantasy XVII will be another MMO? Maybe. I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. I hmm. feel like Final Fantasy XIV will be the last of the MMOs. And they that, had a lot they, of success, though. They did. They did. And, you know, live service games and all that are, are really big right now. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It doesn't feel right to me. Maybe they do another one and they just don't give it a, a numeral to it. That's true. I mean, they could just call it something else. Just Final Fantasy Online. Yeah. I could, I but, could maybe see that. Yeah, I could see them going that avenue instead of slapping 17 on it, but True. square. I mean, we do know that they love the cloud. 
right? So that's true. That's true. <laughs> we then had a dollar donation from Jackie G, who writes, "Bonus question this week: If the Switch's successor launches in 2023, would it be a 10th generation console? <laughs> is, the, is the Atari VCS a 9th gen one? <laughs> the Intellivision Amico?" Guys, is the Panic Playdate a ninth generation console? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> I stopped counting generations when I don't think I ever started counting them. So you don't believe in generations is what I'm hearing? That's right. Like Jim Ryan, I don't believe in generations. <laughs> it's it's such a meaningless metric that is basically just used for like historic classification yeah it's trying to group systems together um and i think you know jackie g's point there is you've got these older throwback systems coming out so where do they fit and i think that's what what makes it makes the generation discussion just so you know unimportant really it just doesn't make any sense most of the time honestly if they really wanted to do a generation just base it on the decade it came out in it's actually a good idea. I could see that. Like if it came out between 2010 and, you know, 2019, it is, let's say it's the seventh generation, 2020 and beyond. So if you happen to be a company like Nintendo who released two platforms in the 2010s, they're just part of the same generation. I mean, that's how I would approach it because look at the technology in something like the Playdate or the Amigo or the Atari VCS. How can I say that's part of the same generation as a PlayStation 5? Right. They they have technology, especially like the Intellivision Amico has technology from a phone from ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the generation is a meaningless metric that we really need to move away from. We then had a hundred dollar donation from the Zelda Sensei, the first individual that this episode is dedicated to, and they write, "How do I get everything that I'm feeling about the NSO tier pricing expressed in this message?" I don't think I'll be able to. I'll just say that right now, for me, this pricing is way too much for too little. And Nintendo needs to tread carefully. Well, Zelda Sensei, you're in luck because this episode (laughs) that um, is dedicated to you was all about our (laughs) thoughts and impressions and feelings about it. So just have a listen, take it all in, and, and let us know your thoughts. Yes. Comment in the comment section and see if we addressed the concerns that you could not relay in the message. Then had a $5 donation from Auric305. Right, hey guys, since the OLED model seems to already be in PlayStation 5 Series X territory for purchase difficulty, do you guys think Nintendo will try and wait out the supply issues before bringing the next Switch to market? They will do their best to avoid the supply issues that they can. Some of the supply issues, as companies have put forth, they are expecting shortages into 2023, if not later. Um, Some of it has to do with the timing of an order. So if Nintendo put it in order today, instead of getting it in six months, maybe it takes a year. So Nintendo can... Companies have a better approach to how they have to plan orders for future hardware but with you know with like a successor or anything like that for the switch a lot of these plans have probably been investigated they're likely finding other avenues to get supplies and even manufacturing so 
I don't think they're going to intentionally wait because as we have mentioned, this is something that developers have had dev kits for since late 2020. You can't let companies just sit waiting for years. Something has to come to market or you have to say, due to the supply issues, we're canceling the hardware. And that has to be done sooner rather than later because you don't want companies investing millions of dollars and countless man hours into a project that will never come to market. Yep. Well said. Then had a dollar donation from Josh P. Wiggs, writes, Nintendo doesn't mind pissing off their true fans because they know the general population will see the $50 price tag and think, wow, that's less than PSN. What a deal. I get they are just another company trying to maximize profits, but damn, WTF. Yep. We agree. Listen to the show. (laughs) Listen to the episode (laughs) for our thoughts. Then had a hundred dollar donation from Shamsa, the second dedication for this video. And Shamsa wrote, I really, really can't wait for this episode. Hopefully we delivered. Then had a two dollar donation from Robotic Shadows, who writes, with the release of Lost and Random, EA's seven game commitment to Switch is now over. Just curious if you've heard about EA's future support for Switch. Good support or Back to laughably poor. Personally, I would love to see Mass Effect Trilogy on Switch. I have not heard much about EA's support for the Switch beyond these seven games. Mass Effect Trilogy is something that had had some discussions around. Most of the discussion was just that if it comes to Switch, it was not coming day and date with the other versions. So perhaps it is going to be a port that comes a year, maybe 18 months late. If that is the case, we should find out sometime early next year. But aside from FIFA, I wouldn't be anticipating too much from EA moving forward with the Switch. But hopefully EA does have some other projects in the pipeline. But the Switch simply doesn't fit their yeah. ideology of releases. Yep, you you, you got it. We then had a $2 donation from Shadow Marshall Bob. Writes, is it possible that the new NSO expansion pack pricing is taking a future-proofing like approach? At $50, it's high right now, but would allow more platforms to be added without any need of a price change. Or is it crazy to think that's Nintendo thinking? It's not crazy to think that is Nintendo's line of thinking, especially when you know, Game Boy and Game Boy Color are still to come. And Nintendo can't come out in six months or even a year and say, we're increasing the price of Nintendo Switch Online again. $50 seems as though is the ceiling that they wanted to approach, and they will continue to add some form of platforms, be it Game Boy and Game Boy Color, to make the service appear to be a deal and valuable to the consumer. And as we mentioned in the episode, they can also bring forth future expansion passes The reason for the $50 price tag is very likely due to the licensing fees. So Nintendo wanted to get that out up front as quickly as possible, pay for it, probably within the first 12 months. And then beyond that point, it's a little more, it's a greater revenue stream for them. And they can expand it with those expansion passes and new platforms and really deliver some sort of quality deal to the consumer. And we then had a $5 donation from Mirage, who writes, Now that Metroid and Pikmin are on Switch, 
we're only missing F-Zero and Star Fox from Nintendo's sci-fi IPs. Is there any hope we'll see new F-Zero or Star Fox games on Switch? Or is the best bet GameCube remasters at this point? Hmm. It's tough to say. I mean, obviously Metroid Dread has 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 done well. Um, at least it started well. Uh, I guess we still have mm-hmm. to wait and see what the sales numbers are for it. But I mean, I think by all accounts, it will be um, good for Nintendo. It does doesn't necessarily mean that F Zero or Star Fox would would get that same amount of of success. It's man, that's a tough one. I mean, I'd love to see both of them come back. I've I've wanted F Zero to come back. Uh-huh. I just don't know if we will beyond what we're seeing on NSO, honestly, Nate. I mean, F-Zero is a tough one because I don't know if you could go any higher than GX. Right. So I don't even know if they have a development team within Nintendo that could handle a game like F-Zero and do it justice. And the team who made F-Zero GX is no longer operational. So man, I would remaster F-Zero GX as for Star Fox. They should just call Dylan Cuthbert and say, <laughs> if you have some original new ideas, we're willing to hear them. Reboot Star Fox and your vision and let's go. Agree. Then had a $15 donation from Anonymous. It writes, although the backwards compatibility subject could have been handled more carefully to avoid trolls, I appreciate the inside info regarding the dev kits. Thank you for the reporting. Not a problem. Then had a dollar donation from Kiga. Who writes, Nate and MVG, I love your critical approach in calling out publishers and devs on their shortcomings and BS. My question is, was Total Biscuit a big influence for either of you as you started your own channels and this podcast? Um, For me, not really. I mean, I know who Total Biscuit was. Um, I think he was a very uh, large and influential person. Uh, I watched a couple of his videos sometimes. I uh, thought they were entertaining, but I wouldn't say he was an influence of mine. Um, I just, man, I know it sounds cliched, but I just picked up a camera and just started making videos. You know, I didn't know what I was doing and I just kind of <laughs> stuck to it, you know? So I, that was kind of really how I got started. Yeah. I never actually watched or listened to any total biscuit content. So I definitely can't say I was influenced by them, but yeah, I mean, any content that I produce, you know, like on this podcast, these are just my, my thoughts. Yep. This is how I have always operated. That's how we started the Nate the Hate show. We was just like, we should just, we just should talk about stuff. Yeah. Just sit down and talk about things. Let's go over, you know, how the industry really works because I mean, a lot of the, a lot of podcasts out there and it's, not to belittle them in any way is that it comes from more of an enthusiast fan point of view. We each have some experience within the industry. So we want to approach it with, you know, that, as you mentioned, like the critical approach and keep it grounded. Don't fall into the hype cycle that so many other do, but really just approach it from a, as some others have put it, where the grown up table talk. And how we discuss the industry. And that's kind of the show I've always wanted to put on. It not just blind praise for a company or just pure cynicism for a company, but look at things from multiple angles, analyze how things can be done from the business side and also from the consumer side, because that's how the industry really operates. You have to understand like the consumer, like NSO, 
consumer has every right to look at it at $50 and say, this is unfair pricing. And from the business point, we can look at it and say Nintendo priced it at $50 because they have the licensing fees. They have plans for the future. They want to future-proof it. And all of that should be weighed into any discussion so that when you walk away from it, you can say, you know, I didn't think about it in that view, but that makes sense for me. I still don't like the pricing, but now I understand from a business perspective why it is there. Once they add additional value to that service, then I'll, then I'm going to feel more comfortable handing over the $50 a year. And that's the type of show and conversation that I've always wanted to have with those in the industry. And MVG is a great co-host for those type of conversations. And, you know, we hope people listening to the show are able to recognize what we're doing there and, you know, hopefully educate and learn and allow people to think and approach the industry in a slightly different way, not to alter your views of how you view a company, but just for you to understand that there is more than just an impulsive knee-jerk reaction to, I don't like this. There's always a reason behind a business decision. And that's something I've always wanted to weigh and put forth. We then had a dollar donation from Nexus. He writes, Nintendo probably realized how steeply they needed or wanted to raise the NSO price and grabbed Sega, Gen Sega games for cheap. I think the real reason the price is higher than expected is due to rare in Microsoft licensing and not wanting to, to devalue the N64's library. I, I mean, Microsoft and Rare is part of it, but yeah. Sega was a big part. Then they wanted a lot of money to give the green light to Genesis games. Right. I mean, but I think the overarching issue here is licenses cost money, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and you're right. Um, they're not prepared to kind of put that back onto the customer. Right. And I mean, there's definitely some element to it where Nintendo looks at N64 games and they still say these games are worth more yeah. than $20 a year. These games are worth at least $40 a year and with the included licensing cost of things like Genesis yeah. and the expansion passes. Especially, especially, and I know um, we've mentioned this before, but, you know, this was supposed to be a Zelda anniversary. I guess technically it still mm -hmm. is. There was, you know, we always knew that Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time would come to the Switch, but we all kind of assumed it would be a double pack physical release. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, but either way, I mean, it really does. Yes, it does illustrate and show us how much Nintendo does value these games. Yes. You know, it's not something they're just throwing away on the $20 service. They 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 value these games quite highly and I think, you know, that's the result of of the cost that we're paying for it. Yeah, they value the games highly and to do HD remasters of them, maybe the cost associated to it wasn't within the realm that they thought they were going to sell enough copies to cope with it or even just the profit margins weren't reaching that percentage where they said we can reach a lot a lot more people at $50 a year because Nintendo doesn't care if you boot up the N64 app when it launches next week. Right. If you're paying $50 a year yep. for the expansion pass, whether you remember you have that access or not, they don't care. They're viewing it as this is net profit. They're kind of rolling the dice and gambling on that you don't play the N64 Genesis games that you just upgraded your service and you'll never actually use what's being offered. Well, I think, I think they do care. I mean, I, I know what you're saying as far as they've, <laughs> they've taken your money, right? So right. 
they are good. But I think there will be um, marketing data statistics on the number of times games were played and and number yes. of times online games were played mm-hmm. to determine what's working for them, what's not working for them, what they could swap in, what they could swap out, um, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But you're right. At the end of the day, they've got your thirty dollars, um, and you know. We'll see you in twelve months when you decide to re up on it. If if you decide to, you know, right? Yeah, it's it's like the gym. The gym hopes you buy that monthly subscription and you let it renew month to month. But they're kind of taking that gamble on you're never actually coming in. And that's yeah. kind of like Nintendo. How I view any, not just Nintendo, Sony, yeah. Microsoft. Like Sony is also taking that gamble on you're probably not going to download these PlayStation Plus games this month. Microsoft is saying you're not going to download those Xbox Live games, Xbox Live Gold games this month. We're taking your money month to month and you're not getting anything in return because as the consumer, you're busy. You're not thinking of it. And, you know, Nintendo knows if they can get 15 million new subscribers, that number is greater at $50 a year than what they probably would have sold a remastered version of Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. And that's the risk Nintendo's taking. They yeah. probably weighed, and that's what the market research data would suggest. And that is the last Streamlabs question of the week. Thank you all who donate. If you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount. Ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more. We will dedicate the episode to you. And today's episode is dedicated to the Zelda Sensei and Shamsa. And I'd like to thank my co-host, MVG, for joining me as always. Thanks for having me on, Nate, as always. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure having you. And a reminder, get 20% off and free shipping with the code NateTheHate at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code NateTheHate. That's one word, NateTheHate at Manscaped.com. And until next time. Embrace the hate.